0: Welcome to the retro blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it's split? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. So you can s- stop the rage. You still don't get it, do you boys? There ain't no countries anymore. No more good guys. They're running the whole show. They own everything, the whole goddamn planet. They can do whatever they want. It is not the appearance of life. It is life. This is not magic. And as you say, I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. Get me back, by Get me back, hey.
1: Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood as we continue our Sci-Fi Horror Month. Up next, if you like sex, if you like murder, if you like torture, if you like making out with TV screens, this is the review for you because J.A. Austin, James Klein, we are talking all about Videodrome. Yes, the tumor in your head has led you to this podcast and now we will be controlling your brains while showing you snuff films all day long. What's happening, Allison? How do you feel about the sci-fi month? How do you feel about the video drone?
2: All I gotta say is long live the new flesh. Oh, long
1: live the new flesh, brother. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, I like the sci-fi horror month. Um, actually, more than I thought I would. I don't know why. I mean, The Thing is one of my favorite movies, but I don't know. Like, I felt like the movies for this month might be a little bit weaker. Um, and that you'd, that, you know, that maybe, uh, you know, maybe they wouldn't be as good, but they are so far.
1: Yeah. I think they've been Uh, great so far. So, So, you know, we start off the month hot with the thing, which is always a good classic and always fun to talk about. Uh, last week we did, they live, which I think there's a lot of like parallels between they live and this film, which I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that later on. Hmm, Um, but yes, but, uh, um, you know, it's been very fun. You know, we see a lot of you know sci-fi. Like I was saying before, sci-fi and horror kind of go along very well with each other. You know, in my in my opinion, you know, because it's all about the unexplained or it's all about the mystery. It's all about this this thing that's not explored yet, or you know, taking over people's minds, controlling people's minds, showing them different realities. So you could do a lot with sci-fi horror. Is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Um. So this one is no exception because this one actually has a very nice. An interesting plot to it, which I think you know at the time when it came out probably wasn't understood. But then, like a lot of movies we talked about before, you know, a lot of times they come out, people really don't understand them, they really don't, they don't get it. But then later on, as they evolve, they become a cult classics, just like this one. So, um, yeah, I was gonna say like I was I was wondering about
2: that. Now I've seen this movie many times, but I haven't seen it in a long time, um, and I was wondering about like if the no i'm pretty sure it was i was gonna say i was wondering if like the meaning of this movie not the meaning but like one of the themes of this movie was evident to people at the time but i bet it was you know like the theme of like um me- media like television i guess at the time like you know controlling people and i mean that's something that people talk about now with the internet and shit like that but you know back then i'm sure people were talking about like tv controlling your minds and controlling your lives and that kind of
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, so like I said like, you know, this movie has a little parallels to They Live because, you know, they live, yeah. they use TV signals to control the people and to, you know, make them um, control their lives. This movie is this movie is similar, but the actual plan of controlling the person's life didn't happen because it was about to happen because the the corporation wanted to they wanted to monetize the video drum and they put it out there so mm-hmm. they could start controlling people, but our boy Max kind of yeah. took that away. But I think this film kind of shows, like, how people's, like, nasty, dirty uh, obsessions with, with things wrong can kind of, like, warp their minds, you know? Because the big thing is, like, showing, mm-hmm. like, snuff films and then... You know, they were saying like when you're watching this particular like snuff film, or if you're, you know, that that is actually putting some stuff into your brain, and it's kind of like messing with your brain to hallucinate to being that is your true world compared to the world oh. that you, you saw. So, oh, well,
2: that's 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 interesting because I was thinking that part of the the theme was that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of has these feelings or these thoughts, but you know, I mean, maybe I'm just projecting and maybe I'm just a bad person. I, I don't know.
1: Well, I think it's just, it just depends. You know, whoever watches the, apparently whoever watches the station 83 <laughs> has bad thoughts and stuff, but that, you know, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and <clears throat> one thing about this, this episode
2: too, is I don't know, um, how much you want to go into this, but it might take some explanation for people who are not in their forties to um, possibly to understand what's going on with this, because I mean, like, even with you, like, I should ask you before the show, but um, do you understand? It's not a good word. That, that sounds very um, egotistical. And it's not what I mean to say, like I'm talking down to you, but like, um, like, do you understand <laughs> what, what he, what he does, like what his job is? Max because they don't do anything like this now. Like th- what he does now does not exist.
1: Yes, it's Max, right? You're talking about the Max character. Yeah, what Max does, yeah. Yeah, so basically his character is he runs the uh the uh, late night station. And on his station he plays like softcore porn and like very violent films. Well, yeah, but he he runs
2: a UHF station. So it's like back in the 80s and like in the 70s, you like like in big cities you would have like vhf i think it was vhf and uhf uhf was a much higher band and um you could have, have like what they call public access television which was basically like public tv but it was run on a community level so like like in new york city for example there's famous new york city public access stations where you could um like local people would make a show and it would be a talk show or something um and they all looked like that um Uh, two two between two ferns show or whatever that the what's his name does um but anyway um they um so you know and you could basically play whatever you wanted um as long as it fit into their uh censorship which i'm not sure any of this actually would have aired on public tv but um anyway um so and you could like back then you could like call somebody up and you could say hey i want to do a show and then they would just let you do it um so that's kind of what he does. He runs like a, a public access show where he just finds extreme things to play for people late at night, basically. Yeah. But like a lot of people may not understand that now because cable kind of took that away yeah. and the internet kind of took that away because that doesn't exist anymore. Like you'd pick it up on your antenna and you know that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, you know, back when I was growing up, I mean, you know, we'd have like the HBO late at night or something. Right. You know, that would be shown on, there's like a cable channel for it, but it'd always be like blacked out, which is funny because yeah. you would hear. So, when those when, you know, back in the day on the, uh, the the good old box TV with the cable, if you had wanted to see one of those late night snuff, you know, or not a snuff, but like late night pornos or something, you would click yeah. on the station. You can hear what's going on, but you can't see anything because it's all snowy. Exactly. So, you know, that's pretty much what the the station was a, a, a bit like. Um but yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll get into the whole breakdown of the whole film. Over here Video Drum, a lot to talk about. A very fun film and a very good... Uh, we'll also talk about the director, too, David Cronenberg, because he actually has a lot yes. of good films. And I really like his style. And there's a couple interesting um, news and notes that I found while doing my research on Video Drum. But like every Retro Blood, we will talk about the history here in a second. Let me just get some maintenance out of the way. Everybody... Appreciate you guys listening to the Retro Blood. You know, like and subscribe to us. You know, on Apple Music, uh, we're on uh, Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on all the podcast stations. So like us on there. Give us some comments. Uh, we also have a Facebook group page. If you guys want to see some extras from the show, you know, sometimes I'll show concerts, wrestling stuff, maybe I'll show some other videos, stuff like that. It's a Retro Blood Facebook page. We also have a uh, Retro Blood. Um, business page or regular page where you can see all the the it gives us all the news of what's coming up next on reviews um well you know maybe do a little clip bits of the shows on there just a couple extra things about the, you know inform you of when the shows happen because the shows they drop every sunday and we also have the retro blood youtube page so if you want to give somebody a sample of the retro blood i have a couple clips i'm trying to make some more clips on there those take a little time but uh i will mm-hmm. get those going and then we have the Retro Blood Instagram. Um, that I'm gonna put a little bit more maintenance to it later on. You know, a lot of stuff going on. So a lot of fun stuff happening, especially for our anniversary month that will be next month. We have a oh, yeah. ton of stuff happening, and we'll tell you about that next week here on the Retro Blood. But let's get back into it. Let's talk about the history, brother. The history segment for the mm-hmm. release date of um, Video Drum. February 4th, 1983. Now, it seems like I don't know it just seems like we we have almost covered every single month of 1983. Apparently the the videos that we like to review, the horror movies we love, they all come from 1983. So, probably It's a good year. It's a good year. I mean, my favorite year so far for me personally has been 87. I just like the corniness of the films. I just like the whole '87 yeah. vibe. I like the wrestling in '87. I like the music of '87. But '83 is coming around to me, being very mm-hmm. um, artistic. I feel like there's like more like artistic style horror movies in the, in the early '80s than there are in the later '80s. For sure, yeah, I feel, I, I completely
2: agree. Um, and there's reasons for that that we've talked about before, and probably we'll talk about again at some point. But yeah, I mean, like I see that, like that, like in. You know, I mean, we're completely different people. So the 87, 88 era for you is, is it fits your personality, I think. And the, the grittiness of 81, <clears throat> excuse me, 81, 82, 83, I think suits me better. And those are 81, 82 is probably my favorite years of horror movies in the 80s. And then 83 is also very good, though, if we found out.
1: Yes. So the first piece of business I'm going to do is talk about the metal. So, yeah. I don't know if, if anybody have ever heard this band before because they're a French. Uh, a, so, I talked about this before. I have a mm-hmm. hard spot for glam bands. All right? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this like some of the earlier episodes of how, you know, I don't know. I just like the whole hair thing. You know, going out there, they have the same kind of rhythms with their guitars. You know, get, get the crowd going. Chicks everywhere drinking, showing their tits. Good stuff, man. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. never heard this band before, because obviously they're a, they're, they're a French band, and then they, the lyrics are in French. But let's see if, if maybe Allison has heard about them before. Have you ever heard of the band called Satan's Jokers? No, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, these guys are a French band, and they actually released their album, well, I'm probably going to fuck this one up, but let's just see. Les Filles de I- metal. They released this on the exact date that, that uh, video drum dropped February 4th, 1983. And so they are, bro, you got to see the, the, this fucking album cover is great. I mean, these guys look like, I mean, they look like they're trying to cosplay Iron Maiden because they have <laughs> like, they're all skinny with the leather on there and stuff. Yeah. The blonde guy, which I'm guessing is a singer. He has like these like fucking uh, tight re- leather red pants on it. It looks like he's like using a water bottle to ejaculate. But my favorite guy is the guy who is like, it looks like he's from Kiss. He, he's like all in white. He has like these fucking white boots on, like these white cowboy boots, like this fucking space white spandex. And he's just doing this little hip thrust. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: Um, Did you listen to him?
1: Yes, I listened to him. So basically, it's it's basically hair metal. But, you know, all the lyrics are in French, but it's actually pretty catchy. Like you know, I, I I didn't you know I can't read most of the freaking titles of, of the of the stuff because I don't really speak French, but I was pretty impressed. Like they got like they they they're very you know really good melody going on there. It seemed like it'd be a very exciting show, very exciting guys and stuff. So you know I'll try to play maybe if I could find a live performance of them, I'll play them on the Facebook group page, and of course we'll play a song from them at the end of the show. But you know if you like like you know. If you want to explore a little bit more, you know, hair metal, you know, a little more like the, the glam type of metal, you know, these guys are actually not too bad, you know, obviously, you know, you don't, what do you, how do you feel about that, Allison? Like, how do you feel about, you know, songs in general being in a different language? Does that bother you or you can just pretty much listen to anything no matter what language?
2: No, it doesn't bother me at all. Um. It, it it doesn't bother me that any song is not in another language. I mean, I'll usually look up and see what it's like the translation of the lyrics are. Yeah. But no, it doesn't bother me at all. Now, <clears throat> you also have to understand that, you know, I listen to a lot of death metal and a lot of metal in general. So usually I can't understand the lyrics anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it really doesn't. I mean, <laughs> if, if a death metal band were singing in French, it really wouldn't make much difference. Um, like I couldn't, like Cannibal Course is one of my favorite metal bands but I couldn't tell you what the lyrics to any of their songs are probably. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe you know, like,
1: maybe. You're without looking two. Them up.
2: Yeah. Like, like the early ones I probably could, yes. but like, um, but yeah, I mean like, I, I like a lot of the music I listen to, I really can't understand anything they're saying anyway. So no, it doesn't really make a lot of difference. Um, I like a lot of foreign bands. I brought up a lot of foreign bands on the show. Um, and you know, that I love Sepultura and, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Brazilian thrash metal. Um so, yeah, I listen to a lot of foreign music actually.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's that bad either. You know, it doesn't, and everything doesn't have to be in your, your native language to to like it and to appreciate it. You know, I exactly. remember, you, I remember should raise, you should expand your horizons. Exactly. Because, you know, the, like I said, they, these guys, I don't understand what they're saying, but everything sounded great. You know, the lyrics, they're sounding good. The music was sounding good, very catchy. I mean, I would definitely pop, pop in this cassette to the fucking uh, premiere video drone. So, yeah. uh, rock and these what guys. What was the name
2: of the album again?
1: So, <laughs> I hope I'm not fucking it up. So it's Les Fils de Metal. Oh yeah, uh, that,
2: that means the 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 uh, Sons of Metal, I believe, in French.
1: Yes. So Satan's Jokers, everybody, check them out. Uh, they have a couple other albums that you know obviously came out, but this is the album. Uh, this is their first album that that Oxy came out on 1983 fe- 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 February 4th, 1983. So. Check them out, everybody. Like I said, I'll play a little bit of the. Maybe if I can find a live performance of those guys, I'll play them on the uh, the YouTube channel. But we'll definitely play oh. a track so everybody can enjoy them. Uh, but yeah, very fun band. Like I, could, you could tell, like just like hearing them and stuff. They'd definitely be a fun fun concert to go to. So, so what are we going to be watching on the pro wrestling side, Allison? Uh, on our on our on our journey. Around the Video drum Month, what are we going to be programmed to watch?
2: We were going to be programmed to watch one thing because there wasn't a lot going on. Um, we've had this conversation on a several months before, where there just wasn't a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a show two days after this movie came out, so I don't I don't know what day that was, but whatever. Uh, what day of the week it was, I mean, but yep. and um in Atlanta. Um, there was a show at the Omni, which I'm assuming was a Crockett show, but it doesn't specifically say that. Um, and we've talked about this before about bringing it uh, in. But the um, uh, Iron Sheik defeated Dick Murdoch in an Iranian club challenge. Remember, we talked about the Iranian clubs when we talked about Bob Backlund being able to do them? Yes. Yeah. So they had, so this is going harking back to that. So they, on 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 February 6th, 1983, they had an Iranian club challenge, which uh, the Iron Sheik won, of course. Um, against dick murdoch which is really strange because i think of both of those people as heels
1: yeah no exactly
2: um so i don't know maybe dick murdoch was a uh was a face at some point um it's hard to believe the sheik would have been a face in
1: 1983
2: no um i mean maybe, this, is maybe atlanta, was, or, this is atlanta this is atlanta so you know
1: no dick murdoch he's probably he was probably the, <clears throat> the face during this time
2: well, that's true. Good point. That is Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because everything else was, uh, you know, pretty pretty normal. Um, pr- pretty normal show. Bruiser Brody was on that show though, um, and he defeated uh, Ray Candy by disqualification.
1: Oh, okay, that must have been a pretty good every- hard hitting match.
2: Um, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that would be pretty pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, every- everything else was just a typical, you know typical match but i just want to bring those two up because those would have been two cool things to see if we had been there
1: yeah the 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 club challenge is always pretty neat you know it's basically um just two big clubs and the iron Sheik is just really good about doing them and apparently bob blackman was like like you were saying it was the only guy to kind of like ever yeah be close or maybe beat him at it yeah, he's the th- only
2: person that could do it, and
1: I'm pretty sure like that was like a shoot, like that's real. Like I think he was like the only one that really could like actually do it. You know, everybody else when they actually do those challenges, you know, they just they tried but they just couldn't couldn't do it. And it looks like a hard thing to do too. So I'll see if I can find oh, yeah. the, the club challenge and play a little bit on the YouTube channel. But I mean, it's definitely yeah, pretty say, impressive.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, see if you can find one and put it up on the YouTube channel because I mean. I mean, because it's it's hard to describe if you don't see it, but yeah, yeah, they're like these really thick, heavy clubs that look like bowling pins, huge bowling pins is what I would say they look like, Um, and they're really heavy, and then you have, but it's not just lifting them, though. You're like kind of juggling them, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. Like, you have to move them around your hands, your body in certain ways, Um, so you have to have the, you have to be able to move them and lift them, but you also have to be able to grab them and Move them around with the same kind of, you know, whatever agility that you would need to be able to do that. So yeah, maybe we'll put one on the on the YouTube so people understand what the hell we're talking about. But but I thought that was interesting. Iron Iron Iron
1: Sheik won an Iranian club challenge. Exactly. So it's pretty wild. Like that actual challenge too is pretty pretty intense. So but like I said, not a whole lot going on in the history. You know, obviously we got a couple of good, a couple of cool foreign music going on. I got an okay little wrestling show, but you know when the, we the main part is going to go see video drum. so let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the video drum behind the scenes stuff so obviously david Cronenberg is the director and oh, yeah. he, when i was doing my research you know so he at this time he already created scanners which kind of put him on the map a little bit and he always had this this um this kind of was like like i would say like a little bit of a passion project was video drum because he kind of got the idea for the video drone from his childhood. So he said like, you know, when he mm-hmm. was living in, you know, Buffalo, New York, um or Buffalo, you know, and and New York, uh he was uh when he was watching TV, he would get like a like late night television sh- signals from uh, Canadian stations. So, um so he would just he kind of like it was kind of like one of those things like, like we were talking about. So, you know, when you're a kid or something, or you're, you know, an adult, like, okay, it's late at night and stuff, and you're searching on the good old TV, and you know what I mean? Then you hear something that you may, oh, I'm not supposed to see this. You know, I'm here by myself. I lock the door and I'm watching something I'm not supposed to see. So that's how like, he just remembered that as a kid, and that was the whole premise of this, um, pretty much of the story was. You know, people watching stuff in secret, or you know, watching stuff they're not supposed to see, but very fascinated and so hooked on it that they can't let it go.
2: Yeah, except it was the other way around, right? He he lived in Canada. He he didn't he live in Canada, and he was getting like oh yeah yeah New yeah, York yeah stations
1: yeah yeah, 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 yeah sorry I yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, lived I he, in he Canada, but he got the Buffalo and New York stations later. Not Sorry. So and he's always been a you know he's always been interested in like dark darker things and people's fascinations with darker things as well too. Mm.
2: Yeah, he um, he's one of the directors whose movies his early movies, um, kind of really freaked me out when I watch them. Like I like them a lot. I, I lo- he's one of, he's a great director, but he's really good at what, what they call body horror, yes. which is like a kind of horror where there's something wrong with you. Um, and I love that stuff, but it grosses me out at the same time. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really strange. Like, it's really hard. It's really hard for me to watch, but anytime a body horror movie comes out, I'll watch it. And it always grosses me out, but like, yeah, like something like a sore or something wrong with you, um, um, like wounds is a current ish, uh, body horror movie, but I, I got to get the wound under his arm and they're like. Goo and shit falls out of it all the time, but like a lot of that would be in Cronenberg movies. Like there would be a hole in some somebody, and it would fester and just get nasty and gross. And uh, I don't know; it's hard to describe unless you see one, but they're they're disgusting. Yeah. Um, and this has a lot of a lot of body horror in it too, but not as much maybe as some of his other movies do.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Some of his other ones definitely have a little bit more intense. What didn't he do The Brood as well?
2: Yeah, The Brood. Um, I was thinking of Rabbit as a, as a body horror movie. And even The Fly. The Fly, which you would make after this, is a, is a, really, a really good body horror movie.
1: Yeah, he definitely does them really well. Um, so just we'll talk a little bit about some of the, um, the themes. So Cronenberg's first exploration of themes of branding of sex and violence in media impacting people's reality was actually written a, uh, was actually written a treatment titled Network of Blood in the early 1970s. Its premise was a worker for an independent television company, who became Max Ren and Videodrome, um, accidentally finding the fil- in the filmmaker's word a private television network a strange, wealthy people who are willing to pay to see bizarre things. So the premise of that was it was a, 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 a network station where people paid, kind of like HBO, to watch these strange and unnatural things. You know, kind of like how we have today with streamings. <laughs> right. So, and he said he later planned the story to be told from the main character's first-person perspective, showcasing a duel between how insane he looks to other people and how he himself perceives a different reality in his head. Concepts similar to Network of Blood were further explored in a 1977 episode of, of the CBS, no, CBC television series Peep Show. Cronenberg directed named The Victim, the film's fictional station Civic TV was modeled on the real-life Canadian television network City TV, which was known for broadcasting pornographic content and violence films in late-night programming blocks. So, you know, like I said, a lot, of this, uh, a lot of these ideas just came from his childhood and what he remembered. So I say like this is kind of like a little bit of a passion project, like we were saying for him, you know, just because all this thoughts that he had in his head make it very good on the TV. Um, so this this, this actually right here I found was pretty interesting. So I want to see, see your thoughts on it too. So Kernenberg mm-hmm. increased repetition with films like Scanners, 1981, which we will do one day here on The Retro Blood. Uh, He made it easier for projects to get produced, leading to the film's 5.5 million budget. This is for um, video drum, More interest from Mm. studios and producers and a larger number of interest actors to choose from. So basically, you know, after Scanners, after the success of Scanners, he had like a little bit more rep to get a higher budget and to get some higher, you know, actors. But uh I found I this can I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought this was kinda weird. Check check this out. I know what you're gonna say. So Cronenberg <laughs> turned down the chance of directing Return of the Jedi.
2: Yeah, as far as I know, that is absolutely true. That is crazy. Yeah. Also David Lynch turned it down too.
1: That is crazy. Like to me, I don't know why. <laughs> can you imagine what else. that shit would be like? <laughs> yes, we like, have Luke. See, we like... have Luke having like fucking he probably has sex with his sister. <laughs> And he'd, fucking, he'd be like, yes. Uh, yes, the flesh is. Uh. <laughs> and there'd be tentacles and like sores all over everybody. And yeah, the know. Ewoks would like, oh, would like eat each other. And, yeah, fucking, was- fucking Chihuahua <laughs> would blow up with fucking tentacles and fucking shit all over <laughs> his face and stuff. And <laughs> everybody would have, but, to have yeah. sex with each other. I mean, that shit would be but, wild. Yeah, he was
2: apparently offered a chance to direct Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, just think about that. I mean, I mean, just think about that for a second. So the guy, so up until this point, he had made, what, two movies? Made, or three. I think he'd made two or three. Yeah. But, but he had made Scanners, and yes. he'd made Shivers, and Rabbit, I think. And then they're like, yeah, let's get that guy to direct Return of the Jedi. That sounds like it would work, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> this is like, they're like, oh, yeah, watch the Scanners. Return- yeah, he can do good. He did good.
2: Yeah.
1: So that like, was just
2: Imagine like at the end of it, like yeah. instead of the Emperor being thrown down the shaft, like his head explodes like in scanners. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so there's a couple of things. You know, when he was first writing the script and everything, a lot of the uh his extra producers thought this was going to have like a triple X rating just because of the actual content of the actual film, especially with having like a you know, this had to be like one of the first films that people that the an actual Hollywood film was referencing snuff snuff films.
2: Yeah.
1: Because the Probably uh, I would say so. Like I found out about Snuff films by uh, watching this the the series Faces of Death.
2: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. So like so now that you mentioned it, so face okay, so Faces of Death would have been after this movie for sure. Right. Yes. It was it was after eighty three, yeah. So this would probably be the first time that I guess what you would call the mainstream had heard about snuff films, probably movies where people actually die and terrible things happen to them.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, I mean I mean that 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 had to be like you know especially during this time, very rare or very hard to find, but obviously people knew about them, so that's definitely one of those like probably like tape trader things or something. You know, you know yeah. like, nowadays, you could probably find it anywhere, but, like, you know, on the dark web or something. But it it's just, it just crazy to see it's one of the first, probably, like, first modeling of actually bringing that up. Um, some other stuff, you know, obviously, the, a lot of the, the, all the producers wanted to get James Wood for the role of Max. Um, so, because, like, they, apparently Cronenberg tried to get uh, James Wood to be attached to another film, the ones he did Models. Um, but Woods apparently he was a fan of the, the rabbit and he was a fan of scanners so he actually met with Cronenberg and Beverly Hills and they kind of hit it off so that's why they had a, a good relationship working and they got the actual actor James Woods onto this and I thought he did a really good job
2: yeah he is perfect for this role really James Woods is somebody who I hate James Woods but I also love James Woods like it's it's like one of those things where he just like what what's the word I'm looking for? Like he just he just seems so grimy and dirty, and like like watching him on screen is just so offensive. But I like it at the same time. Yes, like he's just real skeevy or something, and he's perfect for this role. Yeah, um, yeah, he's per- he was perfect for this role. Like this, the character of Max is just—he's <sighs> not a good guy. He's not the good guy of the movie. <laughs> we'll yeah, definitely not. not in my opinion, not
1: in my opinion, anyway. So you know he done stuff like the Onion Field, um, mm-hmm. and he would later go on to be on John Carpenter's Vampires too. So we'll be seeing some uh, some James Woods action here later on in the yeah. Retro Blood series of reviews. Um, yeah. So James
2: Woods was a famous actor at this point, right? Yeah. He yeah I'd say yeah. he
1: definitely had some uh, clout during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some uh, especially for being in that Onion movie. Um, definitely yeah. had a lot of uh, success on there. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, this is a couple things about um, uh, the... uh, This is also pretty interesting, too, uh, before we get on to the full review. (laughs) The awards. So, you know, this movie didn't do the best at the box office, okay? So, you know, so the budget of this film was $5.9 million. At the box office, it only did $2.1 million. Whew, boy. So they kind of lost a lot of movies. And to to be honest with you, too... Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but at the end of the movie, you can kind of see like they 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 kind of planted a little bit for maybe doing a sequel. But obviously, with this numbers, there ain't gonna be no sequel to this movie. <laughs> All right. No, but what no. I what I found interesting though is even with those low numbers, it still won a couple of awards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the film won a number of awards upon its release at the 1984 uh, International Fantasy. Uh, International Festival of Fantasy Film it tied with Bloodbath at the Death House for best science fiction film and Mark Irwin received a CSC Award for best Cinet- cinematographer in, th- in, a, in a film a theatrical film this one, this one is the one I thought that was funny so <laughs> Videodrome was also nominated for eight genie awards with David Cronenberg with David tying. Bob Clark's A Christmas Story for Best Achievement in Direction. <laughs> this fucking I mean, can movie. Can you just imagine that? <laughs> how is this movie tied in with Return of the Jedi and A Christmas Story? Like, I would never think that in a million years, but they're no, they are, they are um, tied in this weird world.
2: <laughs> yeah, like like uh, we're trying to decide Best Director, and I just keep going back and forth between
1: Videodrome
2: and A Christmas Story.
1: Well, this this, n- well, no, no, this was for the award of Best Achievement in Direction. Oh, Best Achievement in Directing. Yes. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So I'm not exactly sure what that means. Maybe it means like how creative the film was or something. Probably. But like, I mean, imagine like, okay, imagine you have like a, <laughs> just imagine, how, like, let's say you get like a group of people who are like nominating films. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to have you watch A Christmas Story and we're going to have you watch Video drum, Okay. <laughs> and I need you to compare the two when it comes to its film direction. Oh, yeah, no problem. I was like, "What the fuck did we just watch?" Like, imagine watching those two movies back, back, back to back. Like, it would just be like total 180. Like a total yeah, 180. That would each be other. That,
2: that. would be that. Would be kind of crazy. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, that makes sense though with video. I don't know. I've never seen a Christmas story, so I know maybe it's one of the most amazingly directed movies ever. But I mean, it's a um, it's a nice story dra- and
1: plot and everything. It's very well directed. It's just like when you actually link link them in the same category, it's just kind of strange.
2: It is kind of strange, but I would, I mean, I definitely see Videodrome being something that is an achievement in directing. I mean, it's, Oh, it's great. It's pretty, I mean, yeah, the direction is pretty amazing. in this if you really, I mean, well, Cronenberg is a genius. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's one of the best filmmakers ever in my opinion.
1: Yes, he definitely does. Uh, he definitely does this stuff really well. His shots are very really well. His characters are very really well designed. His story arcs really well. Uh, scenery goes along with everything too. So he definitely chucks all the boxes, I would say. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Cronenberg stuff. And we'll, like I said, we'll be doing more of his stuff on some later months yeah. here on Retro Blood to explore them. They're definitely fun. But everybody, let's get into the video drone
0: Why would anybody watch a scum show like Video Drone? Why did you watch it, Max? Business reasons. Sure. What about the other reasons? <laughs> Ren is a victim. I woke up with a headache. First he has time. been exposed to Videodrome. I've been hallucinating for a while, ever since... What? Since I first saw Videodrome. His brain is already receiving video images. I think that massive doses of Videodrome signal will ultimately produce and control hallucination to the point that it will change human reality.
2: What I I want
0: Soon, his visions will coalesce and become uncontrollable flesh. Videodrome is seducing Max Wren. Please, come to me now. Come to Nikki. And Max Wren can do nothing to stop it. What makes you think I need help? None of our test subjects has returned to normality. Television can change your mind. Videodrome will change your body. Long live the new flesh. It will shatter your reality. Videodrome. Videodrome. Starring Deborah Harry. James Woods. A shocking new vision from the creator of Scanners. Coming soon to a theater near you from Universal Pictures.
1: Alright, so you know, this movie it starts off normal credits. Uh, we have some pretty good music. I would say for the, especially for the beginning. I always like those like, the like 80's horror synthesized music. It always has a warm spot for me. I love that stuff. So the first thing we get is a. Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say this is a Howard Shore soundtrack, by the way. Who went on to be a very, very famous uh, uh, composer for films.
1: Yes. Yeah, he's done uh, a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, but you know, we start off with like a like a TV station commercial. So we're watching Civic TV, Mm -hmm. Channel eighty three, Cable twelve. Okay, the one that you take to bed with you. Allison. Are <laughs> uh, you take this to bed with you? <laughs> yeah. So we see I this. I would g-
2: take this to bed with me for sure.
1: Yes. So we see this uh this girl <laughs> and um she is apparently we find out later that she's actually Max's secretary. Mm-hmm. And she is like I guess I guess there's like I, I'm not sure if this was specially designed for Max. I guess it was. I guess, like, what it is, it's like a, like an alarm clock, but it's a TV pre-recorded tape of what he's going to be doing for the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, you know what, like, since, you know, okay, this is, like, what, ni- they made this in, like, 1981, 1983. Yeah. I could see this happening today with all the fucking crazy technology we have. You know what I mean? Well,
2: like, Yeah, well, it kind of does, like, you yeah. know. You know, like my Alexa does that. And I don't, even when I don't tell it to, like I set my Alexa, my, uh, my echo for, for an alarm. And Alexa will wake me up. And then, and then she's like, it's raining outside. Do you want to know what the traffic is? Do you want me to read you a book? Just, if you want me to read you a book, just say, read Lord of the Rings, chapter one. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't want you to read me a book. Just wake me up. That's all I want.
1: Yeah. Anyway, no. here we go. Yeah. Like, just imagine if Alexa had like a face to it. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And like it's just telling you to do all this stuff. (laughs) So it definitely It would be like a Cronenberg movie. Yes. She takes it off oh so slightly. Yeah, so far so good. So far so good. She gets it going. And then Max is now showing his team and they're kinda like debating if they like it or not. You know, one guy's like, Oh, it's it's nice and everything. It's like, yeah, that's the thing is and then one guy's like, I don't like it. It's too nice, it's not raw. It's not dirty. It's not turning me on any. So they're kind of there. And then Max like, yeah, he says, like, this has very artistic stuff to it. It's very nice and proper. But he, he's like, I just need something that's a little bit more. I need something that's a little bit more, like, edgy. I need something that can catch the brain a lot more. So yeah, because now he's
2: desensitized,
1: right? Yeah, so desensitized some of the stuff they see. So they want. he right. wants like, a little bit more, like, raw. He wants a little bit more, like, real and raw kind of stuff. And he's because mm, he's, yeah. he's, he's saying like he's like you know these viewers are not they're, they're they want stuff that's a little bit more like dirty. They want stuff that's a little bit more like you know nasty, like a little more like tough. Yeah. So so what are Max's ideas is he is gonna he works with this guy named Harland Okay, Harlan is basically a satellite video hacker. Did I got that right? Yes.
2: Sure, <laughs> yeah, i <I'm, laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing like that's like I don't know, like you know, we would call him a hacker today, I guess, yes. but I'm not sure what call that. But yeah, he would. Fi- he doesn't he like he like somehow breaks into like like um broadcast and, and yes. get find and, and records content somehow.
1: Yeah, I guess his job. Well, I mean, obviously his job is to be the the broadcaster for the channel eighty three. Yeah, but Max wants him to do a project to find rare clippets of videos so he can get more ideas of some more like nasty raw stuff out there so i guess maybe i guess maybe harlan's like hey i found like this clip he said like he's doing this thing where he's going to um he's gonna he's gonna unscrub and then scrub it uh the 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 signal and Mm. he's gonna like he doesn't know where this actual signal is coming from he thinks it might be malaysia okay Mm. so now max is watching this stuff and it's obviously you know we know this as a snuff film and then max is kind of intrigued by it. it's only a 53 it's only a 53 second clip of it it's basically some girl getting tortured in like this wall and they said like this they're like fascinated by the wall being made of clay and that it might be like an mm. electric electric wall yeah like electrified do you have a a clay wall in the Allison estate just hanging out there
2: yep yep in my uh it's in my uh my mudroom
1: yeah I mean, and then I
2: just capture people and tie them to it and electrify
1: yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, everybody got a clay wall. I mean, come on. Now. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so you know, Max wants to know a little bit more about this. He wants a little bit, you know, he wants a little bit more footage. And Harlan's like, you know, I'm already working on it. Batrone. He keeps calling him Batrone throughout the whole thing. Uh, so now Max is on a TV station set. The TV station is called The Rene King Show. So this is like a, like a Ro- the, Rona. what? Go ahead, Rona King. Rona King. Rona King. My bad.
2: Yeah, the so Rona. He's song. on her talk show.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know one of those like normal like talk shows where they talk about different different crazy stuff. So they they're talking yes. to Max, and then the whole subject <laughs> is basically talking about his channel eighty three, and if they think that this content is good for a a viewers eyes, you know the content is is good for America. And they have two guests on this network too. They have Nikki, mm-hmm. and then they have Brian Oblivion, and he is he is Viva Satellite, kind of yeah, how we see in the oh. E sometimes where people do interviews Viva Satellite.
2: Right. Well, we'll find out why later. I was going to mention it, but yes. we'll let that unfold in the plot.
1: So, so you know, they're asking um, they're asking uh, Max about you know porn and the and the violence of the station and everything and you know how it, if it's like you know hurting people's minds and then she eventually then she eventually asks nikki and then nikki is talk about you know how bad it is and stuff and then this is this is where she's like oh well if you think stimulation stuff is all bad and stuff you know why are you wearing that red dress i mean that dress is like super is stimulating and then she's like <laughs> this she's like I live in a world that is overstimulated. And then our boy Max is like, oh, fuck, I'm going to try to fuck this <laughs> fucking crazy girl. He's like, this girl is a freaking crazy girl. I'm going to talk to her. So he, during the whole time they're talking to Brian, he's just like flirting with her. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, it's so perfect. Like you can just see, like you can't even see it, but like yeah. you can just tell like in your mind, like it switches back over to Rona and Brian Oblivion. Yeah. And you can, just, you can just tell like he just like, moved his chair like closer to debbie harry yeah and um, you can hear after like,
1: the microphone He's like this thing on <laughs> talking <laughs> about
2: <laughs> about how like yeah. yeah so she's on there because she's like an expert in like media um violence or something mm-hmm. that's why she's on the show but she also is, is like turns out to be like a sex addict or something yeah. um yeah we'll find that that out why she's a, that's right that's what she's implying to him and then yes. he's like oh well I'm going to immediately talk to you because you're overstimulated. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're overstimulated, brother. I'm ready to go.
2: And so then, then they we- act like this is not even happening on the rest of the show.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, like there, um, when, when she's talking to Brian Oblivion, he is talking about, like, you know, um, how the TV has become, like, the retina of the eye and the mind's eye. And then he's like, listen, you know, my last name is not really Oblivion. That's my TV name. But soon, But soon, all of you will have... Your TV names too, and then of which course, which is really
2: strange because now we all have like internet names,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. This movie, yeah, yeah I mean, we all have like Twitter yeah. names now. We all like hashtags. Yeah. We all have like gimmick names, yeah. like we do on this show. I mean, yeah, it was all, it was all, it was way ahead of its time. Maybe we are actually all in the video drum. We just don't know it. Uh oh. So I would think if uh, if I were
2: in a video, video drum, I'd be having way more fun.
1: That's true. We'd be like our boy Max, just fucking. Mm. Overstimulating everything. Yeah,
2: I would be totally overstimulated.
1: And then um, uh, the funny part about this too is like you know the girl, the uh, the the host, Rena, she was getting kind of annoyed. And she's like, "Oh, Nikki, what do you think about Max's station?" She's like, "She was like, well, the uh, what are, no, I think she's like, what do you think about Max in his station?" She's like, "Well, Max, he just seems to be a pain in my butt." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> So, we're seeing a little flirting going on with them over here. After all this, Max is trying to do some more research. on watching some more of these snuff snuff films with Harlan. And then, you know, Max, he's, like, really intrigued. He's like, man, this is very interesting. Like, you know, like, how do you think they did it? You know, with these actors and stuff. You know, everything looks really real. And he's he's basically, like, saying, like, you know, where can I find this? Like, how can I... Basically, what Max wants to do, he wants to find the producers of this particular clip... And he wants to like you know see if he can get him on their show. And at first Harlan's like, "Hey, you know, I thought this signal might come from Malaysia, but it, apparently it's coming from Pittsburgh." <laughs> yeah, that's close. <laughs> that's close. I was like, "Oh, okay, fuck."
2: Well, he does say it's like redirected or something, right?
1: Yeah. So kind of like
2: a TV version of a VPN or whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, well now we have found the source of it. Maybe we can do some more research on it. So now, uh, so you know, Max is all intrigued by this Nikki character, and then he goes to her job, and apparently, Nikki, she runs like a radio station where people like call her up upset about different things. The emotional. Yeah, she's a, hour. she's a, she's like a radio. The emotional. <laughs> hour. It's like the emotional hour or something like that. Um,
2: like yeah, she's a radio host. She does a yeah. radio show for people where people who call in and talk about things. It's supposed to be like a, I guess, an advice. Yeah. talk show kind of
1: but like her um, advice sorta. was this like so this girl's going crazy about her sister and her sister's mm-hmm. messed up and Nikki's advice was like well call this uh call this uh, central, and they'll help you out more <laughs> that was her advice <laughs> it's like the rescue show it's like the uh, the no, uh, yes the op- yeah the something rescue show so now um, Nikki and Mac- Max they're at his place okay and she wants to see some porn I was like, oh fuck, man, this is easy. Then, okay, let's go. Yeah, right. Doesn't
2: she actually say that? She's like, yeah. she's like, Do you have any porn?
1: Yeah, like, she got any, she's any like, porn any that porn? gets me going. And then she so grabbed, he shows her. Yeah. So he well, he he was like, Okay, we you know, he's about to go get the porn and then she brings up this video. She's like, Hey, you don't want that one. That one's like this thing called video drum. it just has like violence and oh, right, right, shit right. on there. She's like, Well, maybe violence turns me on. It's like okay, fuck this guy. <laughs> it's always fun to see like Max's face when every time she like says this stuff.
2: Yeah. So one thing about Max that annoys me yes. is like the per- type of person he is mm-hmm. annoys me. Like like there's like I've known a lot of people like this in my life that have come from like really really straight backgrounds where they're not like they're not like. um introduced to anything like this kind of thing or it happens in metal a lot like people who think they like hard, like heavy like heavy metal and they go i want to see something extreme i want to hear something extreme and then you play something extreme for them and they freak out he's like that like he's like oh he's like he thinks he wants something extreme but when something truly extreme happens to him he can't handle it he's he's just freaked out by it
1: well he does kind of play along though well, he does play along,
2: right, but he but you can tell that like everybody in the movie, well, like Nikki especially is way 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 more experienced in this kind of like uh like bondage like sadism kind of thing oh, yeah. than he
1: is. Yeah, definitely. Even though
2: he's supposed to be the expert, quote unquote. I got to you. Him.
1: Yeah, I see I see what you mean cuz you know they're watching that 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 snuff film and she's all like, "Oh, this is kind of turning me on." And she's Yeah, all and he's like, all and
2: he's still freaked out. He's like,
1: "Okay, that's weird." He's like, "Hey, how about you cut me above my shoulder? Mm. He's like, all right, well, fuck it. I guess. And he looked at it and he's like, Oh, looks like somebody beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's like, yeah, that's
2: a good example. Because then he's like, um, he's yeah. like, you mean like somebody cut you there? You let somebody cut, cut you. And she's like, yeah, well, yeah it kind of turns me on. Like, you know, he's just like, not offended, but like, he's just like surprised and freaked out. And like, I can't believe it. this is happening kind of thing. And like, I don't know, people like yeah. that always annoy me. Like, if you want to get into something, get into it. But, you know, know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah, so he's like a little shocked at first. And then she's like, okay, well, let's just try some stuff out right now. Okay, so now they're all laying down. And he starts poking her. Like, like basically doing like a, um ear piercing on her. And then they eventually kiss and stuff. And then you can see that they're kind of like, Transforming into the video drum world. Yes. So then we have the next morning. Max is feeling good because he had some freaky sex. So he's going to the Civic TV station. All right. Um, And then he is going to the video station, and his secretary is telling him, like, hey, you're late and stuff. He's like, okay, it's been night. And then he's basically saying, okay, well, uh, Masa, is it Masa?
2: Masha, yeah the, the lady that makes
1: the porn yes the Masha is here she's ready to show her her newest flick okay so we see her flick all right it's like this like a uh, Greek uh it looks like a Greek like uh, 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 uh porno flick <clears throat> and then right. max is saying like you know this is you know it's good and stuff but the thing is it's too nice this video is too nice just like how you're too nice all right mm-hmm. what I'm looking for is like have you ever heard a thing called videodrome? And she's like, oh, I never heard about that before. He's like, okay, well, I'm looking for, like, something more like that. Like, something more, like, real. Some, like, you know, some, like, dirty stuff. Like, the thing is, like, your stuff is too nice. I am, what people are probably going to be looking for is, like, reality. They want to see what's really going on. What's, like, what's really going on, you know, in the world compared to doing all this, like, nice porn. He wants to see, like, more realistic, you know, like, snuff stuff, basically. And he's basically saying like, hey, and then she's going, she's saying, like, hey, Max, you know, have you ever thought about producing your own film? I could be your agent and everything. If you had your own film, what would it be? Would it be like this video drum stuff? And then Max's like, ah, I'm not really big and I don't have the patience for that and stuff. But um, you know, if you could do me a favor, if you could talk to your contact to see if they know anything about this video drum. And they they kind of agree. So you can see that Max is getting very, very um, he just wants to figure out more about this. Like you could tell that he all this like normal porn he's been watching. He, he's really getting into this like dirty side of it, I guess, like the, the more like sadistic side. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. And then uh, our girl Nikki is helping out there, too. So now uh, Max is back at his place and he's talking to Nikki and Nikki's like, hey, I got to be I'm going to be going out of town for two weeks. And guess where I'm going He's like, where? He's like, I'm going to Pittsburgh. He's like, oh, okay. Well, what are you doing there? He's like, well, I'm going to be. I'm going to try out for video drum. He's like, what? You're going to try out for that thing? He's like, yeah. This like this. The show was pretty much made for me. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Max is trying to say, like, hey, you know, this. We don't know these people behind it. They could be like, you know, mafia members. They could be some. Those are dangerous people. It's something you you got to be very careful about. And she's like, oh. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love the danger. I'll be I'll be just fine. He's like, you know, I, I'm encouraging you not to do it. And then she takes a cigarette and she burns it on her tit. And then he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh so now we see some like belly dancer. And this scene, for some reason, like this scene reminded me of like a scene in Indiana Jones. This is interesting. Where, this is where Max and uh um uh uh masha we're uh we're talking and this is when now masha is just saying like you know max is like hey did you find anything about this video drum stuff and she's like hey this is something you probably don't want to get into mm. and she's just saying like this is dangerous stuff and he's like well what is it like mafia stuff and stuff she's like no this is not mafia stuff listen max what they're doing on here is actually real like it's real people it's it's like real people's like what what why would anybody even produce something like that that's so dangerous and, and stuff like why? that? Like, why, why would they even do that? There's like no money in it, it's too much risk. She's like, no, no, it doesn't matter about the money. It doesn't matter that they have a philosophy, and the philosophy mm-hmm. is the most dangerous thing about this. And he's all like, he just kind of like blown off. He's like, listen, I need a name. Can you give me a name? She's like, uh, she basically didn't want him to give, her, to give him the name, but then he kind of like, like he semi-threatened her, saying like, hey, I'm going to go with a different project if you don't give me this name, she's like she's like, Hey, it's like a cruel world out here. She's like, Yes, it is a cruel world. And she gives gives him the name Brian Oblivion. Mm. So
2: So now we know that Brian Oblivion knows about video drum.
1: Yes. And, and you know what you're saying is right too about the Max character. Like he is just mm. like in denial about this even being real still. Like he thinks it's just yeah. some sort of like thing that's not, and he can't wrap his yeah. brain around it yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just without giving too much away uh, from myself and other people that I know, like he reminds me of people like he's like, I don't know. Like, like he's kind of a pussy in a way. Like he, like he reminds me of people who want to get in, who think they want to get into extreme situations, but when they get into extreme situations, they're, they're scared of them and they're freaked out because they didn't think that life could get this extreme, but it really does. Um, and that can, that can apply to a lot of different things. And like, I don't know if I could make that any bigger just mm-hmm. to, to save people that I know. But, um, but yeah, like I've seen that happen a lot where people are like, oh, I want to get into an extreme situation. And then they get into that extreme situation and they're like, oh my God, I can't handle this because I, you know, cause I never knew that anything could be this extreme. Exactly. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, so yeah. Yeah. So he's like that guy, which I immediately hated because I hate that guy. Um so you know so now he's in this room where he or this world where he can't imagine that people would actually be tortured on video for money or killed on video and but they are. So now that's where he's at.
1: Exactly. So uh so now we have Max he's now walking down like this uh this alley and he has now um made his way to the uh, the Catherine Way the Catherine Ray Mission. It's kind of like a little church area. And we see a bunch of homeless because they're offering free lunch. So a bunch of homeless people are there. He wa- He's walking around seeing people like look at TV screens and stuff. They're kind of bo- You know, boxing. We have there's some lunch around there, too. And then Max sees out of a corner of his eye, he sees this girl, who we find out is going to be um, Bianca Oblivion, which is the daughter of Brian Oblivion. So he corners her a little bit. He's like, "Hey, do you remember me and stuff? You know, I was on a talk show with your father." It's like, "Oh yeah, you're the guy with the violence and murder stuff on his stations." Like, "Yeah, that's me. I need to talk to your dad." <laughs> so they go up there on her uh, suite, and um, they're talking about the to, homeless shelter. Yeah, both. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, kind of like a church, so or maybe it is a homeless oh, right, shelter. Exactly. Maybe a little bit of both. But she, she basically what she's saying is she's doing experiments. She was all like, hey, you kind of look like one of my dad's like experiments. He's like, oh, that's just the fashion nowadays. (laughs) She's like, I don't know. That's a good thing. She's all like, and he's all like, you know, what are you doing out here? He's like, well, I'm trying to help these people. So I guess uh, the oblivion family thinks that television is the real world and this world we're not living in is not real. So what they're doing is they're trying to help these poor, unfortunate people get back on track. By having them watch TV, am I right there or am I or did I miss something? Uh, that's the way I understand it, yes. okay there's a lot of in this
2: movie that's not 100 percent clear as we'll, as we'll see it going.:
1: Yes, and so like the, basically the, the 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 philosophy I guess behind them is like you know TV is like this reality thing, you know it, it shows us what reality is like, and but then reality is what we think it's like, like reality is what we see in our eyes. And the television screen is what we're seeing, so that is reality. Uh, I feel, I feel sure. like I feel like I feel like fucking <laughs> philosophy J.K. <laughs> Klein over here. Fuck. All right. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's
2: kind of like people today talk about how, well, not really, but it's kind of like how people talk about how we're like living in the Matrix or whatever.
1: Yeah, a like simulation. People stuff so, like that.
2: Yeah, like we're living in a simulation, in um, the world that and the world they see is not real, but the TV world is real.
1: Yes. So Max, you know, he wants to talk to like, hey, where is this Brian guy? And she's like, well, Brian, he doesn't have conversations with people. He only sends you videotape of (laughs) pre-recorded. I'm sorry, this is kind of funny. Like, I was just thinking like, boy, I wish I could do that nowadays. I don't want to have conversations with people. I don't want to send them pre-recorded monologues of me talking to them. It's like, it's like, it's it's like, it's like if you did like a wrestling interview, you know what I mean? Like. (laughs) I don't want to be out there and live in the crowd in front of all the marks. I'll just send my pre recorded tape to him.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so every time you need to talk to somebody, you just record a video and send it's it like, to
1: It's like, uh, it's like when the rock, you know what I mean? When he does like special appearances, it's like, oh, I'll just send a videotaping. It's all cool.
2: Like, it, yeah, he doesn't leave his house. So he just stands in front of a WWE banner or whatever. Yeah. Green screen probably. And just yeah. Does it just does his, his shit. Just
1: like Brian O'Billion does. Yeah. He took his right, advice. Exactly. And then she and then he's like, Okay, well, you know, can I just have a conversation? He's like, My father no. has not have a conversation with somebody in eleven months. He's all like uh, and it's isn't it a year. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a couple of years or something. But then she's also like he's like Which format would you like your monologue taping? in? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Well, I'll take it off uh I don't know, maybe uh YouTube TV. That's what I'll take mine <laughs> off. Thank you
2: yeah i i love that too like would you like it on vhs or beta or, yeah
1: exactly like which format do you have yeah too bad we, you know nowadays she would have a bucket load list of fucking formats to right, to send exactly. it to you. you want me to send it to you on your apple watch uh maybe so he's like okay well, tell your dad this tell him i want to talk about videodrome just tell him about videodrome and he'll definitely want to talk to me and she's like i don't even know what that is what what format is that He's like, well, apparently you haven't done as much research in your company as you think you have, and then he leaves. Okay, so this is when Max is down at his house and he's writing down some uh, notes and stuff, um, and he's watching that snuff film, the video film. He's, you know, we hear torture, murder, uh, mutilation. You know, then he mm-hmm. just remembers about people talking to him about before, like about you know how to stay away from this, these people. Have their own philosophies, and then of course Max now gets a gun. And he can't figure out the gun. And then hears a knock at the door. It's the secretary. She just walks right in saying, Hey, yo, we're slapping stuff and you know, what's this tape over here? He's like, Don't touch that tape. Don't he's like, What the hell's going on? And then he, like slaps her a bunch of times. But when he slaps her, he thinks yeah. it's like Nikki. He has like a hallucination. Then he wakes up and then he apologizes for slapping um, the, the secretary and she's like, Oh, you didn't slap me at all. He's like, are you okay? Do you need me to stay here and stuff? He's like, no, no, I just didn't sleep that well, and I'll be fine, and it's over here. Because she was there to drop off his uh, morning tape that wakes him up and tells him his schedule. But she was also there to leave a tape that was from the office of Brian Oblivion. And she said she would personally deliver it to herself. Which is his monologue.
2: So do you get the feeling that um, maybe it's just me? But do you get the feeling that there's a there has been in the past a little bit more going on between Max and the
1: secretary? It's possible, yeah. They didn't really explore like it kinda, too much, but yeah, so. they didn't explore
2: it at all. But like, I kind of get the, the the way she is. Like, you could look at it two ways. Like, you could be like look at it as like that's his secretary and she like runs his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she seems to have this like familiarity to him that she can like, you know, like she can just like walk into his house without knocking on the door or anything like that.
1: Yes. Oh, you she I mean? also like, she's, just,
2: like she, she's been there many many times.
1: Yes, and she also blo- brought up too that that naked girl. She wasn't on a work trip. She had some time off, like two months time off, and she started to take it, and that's when she went to Pittsburgh. So she also brought that up too. Mm-hmm. So right, right. So this is when um um, this is when Max sees a videotape and it starts to move, and he gets freaked out by it, and he eventually plays the videotape. And the tape is, um, this is a, um, <clears throat> this is basically a tape of Brian Oblivion, you know, mm. and he's basically saying like, you know, the new war is going to be uh, through the video screen. All right. Mm. This is where we had to prepare for the new war on this video screen. And um, this is when he is saying like, hey, Max, uh, I'm glad that you found this tape, you know, um he's like like I shared the similar experience that you have. So I developed a tumor and this tumor has made me see some hallucinations. And from these hallucinations, I you know was seeing a bunch of stuff and to the vi- world of the video land, video drum land. Um and then when they removed the tumor, I was still seeing some of these um hallucinations, and then while I was talking about that, then he gets choked to death. And he also says he was the Videodrome's first victim. So basically, yes. <laughs> the Videodrome, what it does is it kind of like d- develops a tumor in your brain. Yeah. And then from that tumor, you could see hallucinations. But even if the tumors were removed sometimes, it's the hallucinations still like ha- happen, I guess. Or it's like a different form R- of it.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. So the tumor creates like what you see. I guess, yeah, I guess we'll call them hallucinations for now. Um, but yeah, like they, they, they create those visions that he sees.
1: Yes. And then now Nikki has showed up on the screen. She says like, hey, you know, I finally see you. Come to me. Uh, don't make me wait. And this is when we get the scene of, uh, of Max kissing the alive, veiny TV screen. Yes. So pretty cool shot there. So he puts his head in the TV screen, too. Which is a cool effect. Yes. So now we randomly go to a shot of a casino where um, Bianca O'Brien is there. And she is arranging to have more guests. And then she meets Max at the stairs. And he's like, hey, very, very uh, interesting tape. It bites. (laughs) And then she goes on saying, like, you know, hey, this, this video drum stuff is dangerous. All right. And she says, like, um, you know, the tape is dangerous and it does bite. And um, he said, like, you know, how long have you been seeing these hallucinations? He says, like, you know, pretty much ever since I watched these, this broadcast. And she's like, okay, well, I sent you that tape because I thought you were somebody out here to get me. But I just found out that you're just a poor victim. Because she was mm. saying, like, this would what happened to my dad. He watched his videotape and it gave him that brain tumor. And then he started to go down the same rabbit hole that you did. And then, of course, he got mad uh, for her sending her the videotape to give him the tumor. And then she's like, let me just talk to your dad. And then she's like, okay, I'll let you talk to him, but I'm afraid he will disappoint you. So, apparently, Brian Oblivion died three months ago on the operating table. But, everybody, before he did... He created a whole big library of him talking on videotapes. Yes. VH Some of which seemed to speak
2: directly to Max.
1: Yes. So maybe what he did was he, he maybe he made a videotape for everybody's name. Hey, <laughs> Hey, Hey Roman. This is a, Hey, maybe they start off and they said the same thing all the time, but he just has everybody's name in the alphabet. I don't know. So apparently like, he is, he is, he, basically what this Brian guy, he was so obsessed with the TV and putting yourself on TV. He thinks you can live forever on TV. And this is how reality really is. It's through seeing yourself on TV, stuff like that.
2: Exactly. Yes.
1: So, you know, so he's like, you know, there's, there's a whole big library of him. She's like talking about him. And then she's, then basically the, um, uh, the, uh, Bianca was just saying like, so, you know, my, my father found out about Videodrome. He wanted to, you know, explore more Videodrome, but then he found out what his partners were wanting to do with Videodrome. So he tried to stop it. But then his, um, but then his partners ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Max yeah. is like, Oh, go ahead. And I was about to say, haven't they, didn't they say he's been dead for years? No, he said he'd only been dead for like 11 months. Oh, okay. Sorry.
2: Yeah. I, I thought some at some point they said he'd been dead for years. But anyway, okay, go ahead.
1: <clears throat> and then she's all like, to find out more about the uh, the video drum, you have to listen to my father's tapes. Because Max is like, okay, well, what's going to happen to me with this video drum? She's like, well, I don't really know too much about the video drum, so you got to listen to my father's tapes about it. Yeah. So now Max, like a plan. yes. So now Max is looking for Harlan, and he finds Harlan, and he was like, "Hey man, have you been having like hallucinations?" And my heart is like, "Uh, I'm not sure, Patron. I don't think so." He's like, "Should I be?" He's like, "Yes, you should be." <laughs> and then he just leaves. <laughs> um, and because you know he he he, he 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 Max is thinking whoever saw this clip obviously is getting affected, you know. So he's just—it's like, oh, that's weird that Harlan doesn't have it. So now Max is watching one of Brian Oblivion's tapes, shirtless, with a gun. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the tape was like, you know, Videodrome will you know grow a tumor in you, and it will make people <laughs> see reality uh, in, in their own like custom way alright so and this is just talking about like how when you watch these tapes like you know the hallucinations will become hallucinations but you'll think they're real people might not think they're real but they are real or something like that so Max's yeah. scar opens up and he actually puts a gun in his stomach and then when he finally walks you know when he wakes out of it um, he's looking for the gun and the gun is now stuck on his in his stomach apparently
2: Apparently. So yeah, this giant gross slit opens up in his stomach and then he sticks the gun in it for yeah. some reason.
1: And he also got his hand stuck in it, but then his hand became free. Mm-hmm. So the phone rings. Uh and then somebody wants to talk to Max about Videodrome. Uh we have um this guy named Barry, convict. He wants to talk to Max about Videodrome down in his limousine. So Max yeah. goes down to the limousine, gets in the car. It was like, hey, you know, we're, we're about to go dry, but uh, first, like, uh, uh, Mr. Barry, he has a introduction video for you. <laughs> so, his company, Barry, is Spectacular Optical. All right. And he yeah, they is. They make the, eyeglasses. They make eyeglasses, yes. They make eyeglasses for normal retailers and they make them for the Army and they make it for special forces. They make all types of lenses for everybody. And he also says he also is one of the founders or originators of the video drum as well. And that's why he wants to talk to Max about the video drum. So he goes to, they want to meet up at a store. So they go to the store, uh, the optical store. Max tries on a bunch of glasses and stuff. Uh, Barry comes in saying, Hey, I don't know if you should touch that. That's actually like dynamite. So uh, I guess like his glasses are like weapons too, or something like that. Uh, because he, yeah, like <laughs> he said they're like dynamite, and he says like this is basically he's gonna be showing off this uh, his collections, you know, pretty soon on one of his trade shows, he's gonna be showing off this new collection, and then uh, yeah, well,
2: he's also an arms dealer, like he, he yeah. I think or uh, I think he makes some um, weapons too.
1: So basically, Barry, what he wants to do with Max is he wants to record Max's hallucinations. Because he was saying that when he showed the videodrome to a bunch of other subjects, they all pretty much required therapy afterwards, and Max is the only one. Yes, (laughs) and Max is the only one who, for some reason, didn't need therapy so far. So he wants Max to put on this helmet, this new designed helmet, to record his dreams, and Max is all like, "Okay, well, sounds good." He just goes along with it. Um, so basically he puts on the helmet of Max, he's like, okay, well I'm going to turn on the S and M function of the helmet. <laughs> so you can, so it, it, and then he explains why S and M is the, the trigger to the video drum. He's saying he's basically because it's so, it's like a raw, dirty thing that it goes in the part of your brain that can fixate on it. And then that'll make you hallucinate. So dirty, so dirty. So, so dirty. Yes. <laughs> And then at first, he's like, "Oh, turn out the lights are too bright," and so he turns off the lights. And then, like the when he's looking through like the the helmet, it looks like it looks like do- the, the first Doom it has like 64 like bit and stuff. <laughs> 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 so I was like, and then and then um, and then Bear is all like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna come back later after your hallucinations because I just can't handle that freaky stuff." Mm so eventually so you know what's funny about this scene too was the um, uh, the the actor um, James Wood he didn't want to put on the virtual headset because he thought he might get electrocuted so the person who we're seeing behind the the headset is actually David Cronenberg himself so I thought that was pretty oh, wow. interesting oh uh, so now I thought um, he
2: would get electrocuted from wearing the the prop
1: well maybe because the helmet had that little light thing in it it kept flashing uh, well, yeah. So maybe there's like a electric okay. or something on there. That's the only thing I can uh, All right.
2: On. Fair enough. Okay. Whatever.
1: So now um, Max is seeing a 64 gigabyte Nikki. And she eventually turns into, they're eventually in the video drum world now. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So now, like, now she, now basically Nikki wants to get whipped. Because yeah. she wants to open up those, um, those uh, neural tach- neurotagic floodgates. Okay. Yes. So now Max he gets a whip. Nikki is on a TV. He starts whipping the shit out of that TV, and she starts, you know, getting whipped
2: through the TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So she's on the TV. Yes. Like she's like on the TV screen. Yes, and the TV is, and then he's the like the body. It's hard to describe it. this to people who haven't seen it. Yeah, he's whipping the TV, which seems to be made out of rubber. Yes, if you notice, like it's, it's, a, it's like it's,
1: it, yeah, it's an alive TV, and he's whipping the shit out of it for some pleasure. Yeah, yes, <laughs> because pleasure <laughs> is pain. Yeah, but right. So uh, now Max wakes up in his um, bed, all right, kind of confused, and. You know, it's just like, you know, what's going on over here? And he looks over and he uncovers the sheets, and this is when he sees Masha all tied up and dead. So he starts freaking out a little bit. So he oh uh, go ahead.
2: We forgot to mention, and this is the scene where so he's whipping Nikki on the TV screen. Yes. But then when it shows the TV, it's Masha, right? Oh yeah. Oh no, I thought it was still Nikki. Maybe it was Masha. Because there's a scene where that happens where it switches to where it's Masha. Where she's wearing the red dress,
1: right? Yeah, the red dress. And Then yeah. it
2: shows Masha wearing the red dress, getting whipped on the TV. And then he wakes up in bed, and she's in the bed,
1: okay. dead. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're probably Masha, right. Masha is. I can't keep up with my whipping. Right. All right. Too much. Too much. Too much uh, torture pain for me.
2: Yeah, um, you gotta gotta make notes about that. Yeah. I mean, about your Torture. Now. Torture porn.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on now. I should be overstimulated right now. What's going on with me? Should be. So he calls up Harland. All right. And he's like, all right, Harland. I need you to get over here right now. And Harland's like, okay, what do you need, Patron? He's like, all right, what I need you to do is I need you to go to my bedroom and take pictures of whatever you see in there. I need you to show me. He's like confused. He's like, are you sure you want me to take pictures of your bed? He's like, yeah, just go do it, please. So Harland goes in there. He's like, hey, I'm not. He's like, hey, I'm pretty sure you didn't want me to take like pictures of your bed sheets and pillows and stuff. (laughs) He's like, there's nothing in there. So Max goes in there, he starts searching around everything. And he's like freaking out, like, what the hell's going on here? And then Harlan's like, okay, is this like one of those like drug binges or something? Like, I have some people I could help out with. <laughs> he's like, no, I need I need to go to the, the did you record the, the video drum segment last night? He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, we need to go there in an hour. And then, of course, Harlan's getting all pissed. He's like, hey, man, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to, like, you can't be all crazy to me. And like, this is like not even right. working hours and shit. And eventually Max calmed down and was like, okay, man, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I am having one of those drug binges and stuff. And I'm just, hi, I just need to see this videotape. Can you please meet me there in an hour? And they both agree to meet at the station in an hour. So now Max is on his way to the station. Um, And he meets up with Harland inside. And... um He's like, "Hey, you know, do you got the recording?" He's like, "Hey, I don't have the I don't have the video drum recording." He's like, well, "Why not? Like, did the no signal came in last night?" He's like, "No signal came in, and to be honest with you, there's there hasn't been a signal at all. Not ever." He's like, "What the hmm. hell are you talking about?" And then Harlan's all like, "Listen, man, this is not above my pay grade. I'll have to bring in the big guns for this one." So he opens the door and Barry walks in. So Ooh. we get we get our first swerve. Harlan was in on it, so Barry walks in. He's like, he's like, and then Max is like, okay, looks like you two were in on it. And then he basically Harlan was saying like, listen, Max, that tape I showed you at the beginning was a pre-recorded tape. Video drum has never been broadcasted, at least not yet. Mm. He's like, what the hell? He's like, what's? He's like, yeah, two years. Uh, Barry sent, you see, basically Max is kind of figuring out now. I was like, okay, well, I can see Barry sent you over here. And it's like, yes, Barry sent me over here like two years ago. And it's been a great two years. Um, but you know, just trying to like saying like, I've been here for two years and it's been a great experience, but there's some, some stuff that was behind the scenes that I was doing. What the? Is
2: this? The, this? Uh, sorry. I'm
1: not being honest. Is this the part where they talk
2: about their plan and why they're doing the brain tumors or not yet?
1: Uh, pretty much, yeah. They're, they're they're basically on a covering of how at this point that they want to um they want to broadcast the video drum and use station eighty three. So now they're yeah. trying to manipulate, they're trying to like corner Max. So basically Harlan was in on it too. You know, he was the one who originally showed him the clip um to get him involved. So Harlan's talking about yeah, like, it, you know, I was showing you this clip to get you involved with the whole video drum stuff, and then now the reason why we're doing this is because North America is soft. You know what I mean? And the rest of the world is like tough now. And you are making this place soft because you keep showing all this snuff and all this crap and stuff. And it's poisoning people's minds and making them all soft. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the video drum on your snuff uh, channel. And we're going to control the people to make them all tough. So that is their plan. That's Harlan and that's Barry's plan is to to use video like a weapon and make this place right. tough. Exactly. Right, right, right. Okay. And then eventually they grab like a videotape and they they, they put it in our boy Max's uh s- scar <laughs> and this Wait, videotape on a slit. is yes, in a <laughs> slit and this videotape is supposed to control him. So the video video drone controllers now have Max under their control. And they keep saying like, "Hey, you need to go out there, and you got to kill your partners because we need Station eighty three. And if you could kill your partners, we don't have anybody to to tell us not to play our stuff. And you keep saying that over and over again. And eventually, this is when we have Max's hand turning to the gun.
2: Yeah, this plan seems a little faulty, though.
1: It does actually. Like, why don't you just like buy yeah, them I off mean, or something? Like, why do you have to kill? Well, your partners? I mean, right. But
2: even if you did, like, that's not how anything works. Yeah. So that would be like. You know, if you had a job, and you went and killed your boss, and now the now the now the now the job is yours. Like you, you don't get his job by killing him.
1: Well, you maybe I mean? maybe like, they thought they can use him as an assassin's tool. So maybe they I mean, thought yeah. that 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 Max can kill his partners, so he'll be in complete control of the station. So he won't have anybody. To, why do not just fire them then? I have no idea. I, anyway, yeah, anyway, so he puts the, you know the tapes in his belly. He has a gun now. Uh, they want channel eighty three all to themselves, and he has to kill his partners for them to get the channel eighty three. So of course, yeah, Max shows up the gun, at the office. Go ahead. Right, the gun
2: is like part of his hand now. Yes, it's
1: like yes, it's uh Right. Yeah. I thought that scene was pretty cool when the gun was like forming <coughs> into his hand. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So Max is now walking to the whole office. He asks where his partners are. The director, uh, the uh, secretary, tells him. Uh, um, uh, Ash eventually goes. In, Max eventually goes into the room. He sees his partners and stuff. Eventually, he shoots one of the partners. The other partner doesn't know what's going on. So, he shoots him, too. That's when the secretary comes in. Like, oh, what happened? Uh, What's going on? She looked like she's trying to protect Max. So, she, like, rushes him all the way to the, uh, like, the lunchroom. And she's all like, you know, what's going on over here, Max? What's happened? And he's like, I got to get out of here. Um... So he eventually just, like, leaves. He, like, escapes. And she says, Max. So now Max is heading down to that mission, um, the, the mission ray. Um, so he comes in here. And then we hear the voices in his head again. It says, we need you to kill Bianco Oblivion. She knows too much. She will ruin our plans. You have to go there and kill her. So we see that, you know, Max is under the control. Uh, she said, like, you know, we need her so we can run the Civic TV. We need her dead. We need all of our enemies dead so we can run the Civic TV and play this broadcast everywhere. So Max eventually, you know, meets up with Bian- uh, Bian- um, Bianca. And Max is, like introduces himself. He's like, hey, uh, my name is Max... And I work at Civic TV station, and and she's like, okay, I I had a feeling it was going to be you. And Max is like, well, what are, what are you talking about? Like I, I just work at a TV station. I'm not like a killer or nothing. She's like, yes, they have now made you into their assassin. So, right, and even though she'd met him before, he's introducing himself to her. Yes, because I guess like right now his brain is warped, so like he doesn't even yeah. remember meeting her at all. Right. Right, And she's like saying like, you know, you are basically being controlled from the video drone people because they put a videotape in you and now they're controlling you like a videotape. They can fast forward. Mm-hmm. They can rewind. They can skip ahead. They can, they can drop you off the blockbuster so they can be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they got all kind of control over you. I was, I was <laughs> thinking that when she said that and she's
2: like, <clears throat> she's like, they're controlling you like a videotape. They can fast forward and they can rewind
1: and. Yeah, that's about all you can do with a videotape. They can get they can get store clerks <laughs> at the Best Buy pissed off at you for not rewinding it to the end. Yes, that's what they could do to you. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then this, this during this whole stuff, you know, they're going back and forth, and then uh, you could tell that like, Bianca's of like leading him towards something, and then she eventually shows him like this TV tape. Like, listen, that girl that you like, Nikki, the video drum actually killed her when she yes. went down. So we see like a film of her getting like killed and she's like they they only used her essence before she died to control you but they actually okay eventually killed you uh, they eventually killed her so they were using right. her so they
2: do say that yeah they do
1: say that because that, w- that
2: was going to be a question i had so they yes. <clears throat> so they say that she they killed her when she went to pittsburgh yes okay because because i was under the impression that at, at first when i watched it i was under the impression that she was that she was dead from the beginning, but she only died after she went to Pittsburgh, and he never physically saw her again. So that does yes. make sense. Okay.
1: Yes, and then the video drum used her like her likeness. They they right. bought her copyrights and they used it to manipulate <laughs> our boy Max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then eventually the TV turns into like a gun, and it like shoots Max. And then now Max is out. Uh, now Ma- Now this is what Bianca is saying. All right, Max, you have been. The video video drum control is gone. You are now a video made into flesh. Death to video drum! Hail to the new flesh! Long live the new flesh! Long live the new flesh!
2: Mm. Yes, death to video drum! Long live the new flesh! So now we have this idea that there's these warring factions of whatever they're trying to do, because she's trying to do kind of the same thing that video drum is trying to do, but but a little bit different. And then is trying to stop her, and now she's converted him to whatever she is.
1: I'm guessing... I guess what it is is they are the essence of video, but they're in flesh forms. Okay. That means, like, you know, when you're watching TV, imagine Mm -hmm. if you're watching uh, Married with Children on the TV set... But the TV set, married with children, is a live and living person. Do I got that wrong, or I have no idea? Well,
2: I don't know. It doesn't make any more sense or any less sense than what they're saying. So they're like the characters on the TV.
1: They're they are the essence. No, they are the essence of the TV itself, but just made into flesh form. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand
2: this movie. But like, yeah, this is the part that always confuses me every time I watch it. So like they, she seems none of these people seem to be good guys, yep. but they seem to be fighting each other in some way. Right. Like yep. she's like she's part of a different cult or, or no. Am I wrong about that?
1: So she is part of her her dad's creation of trying to make reality into video. But you know how her dad's only on video cassettes? So Max is now the the video cassettes but made into a person. Okay, all right. So
2: now <laughs> now on top of that. So yes. okay, so so they're yeah, okay, right. So sh- they're trying to make TV into reality and Videodrome is kind of trying to stop that. They're they're trying to stop people from being overstimulated by these snuff films yes. or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, I got
1: Videodrome it. is more like more trying to control them, while the new flesh is trying to create a new reality. Okay. So, they in 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 wrestling terms, yes,
2: Videodrome is kind of like the right to censor.
1: Yes. Well, in wrestling terms, we overbooked this shit, but uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. But other than we that, definitely overbooked uh, this yes. shit. But they're trying to censor.
2: They're like the censors, I guess you could say. Yes. And they're trying to stop like this yes. video cult from becoming reality. Or and I guess the whatever. new
1: flash is the APA. I guess
2: so. Yes. Okay. The new flash is the APA. Okay. So, so now, now we're the new flash.
1: So now we're back at the uh, spectacular optical center. So Max is outside. He goes in there. We see like a cop and everything. And we see like the guy trying to uh, stop. Um, <laughs> well, first there's a TV report that, you know, there's a, there's a shooting at the station. 83. And the main subject is Max. And, of course, yeah. this homeless guy, all he wants is money. I yep. love
2: this part. Yeah, he wants money <laughs> right, for his like, monkey. There's, Yeah, there's like a TV. And it's amazing how they can just pick up TV. Or that back then, they could just pick up TV by having one sitting on a yeah, sidewalk. And then, like, so there's this homeless guy standing beside this tiny TV, constantly asking him for money for his monkey.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> while, while this wanted thing is playing on TV about Max being a murderer. That's so fantastic. Well, yeah,
1: he needs that money for his monkey, man. Come for on, his monkey. Man. All right. So after the uh, homeless guy wants to have money to spank it, um, we have uh, uh, Max. He actually sees Harland outside walking into the um, optical center. I'm here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Max is uh, he's going into the uh, optical center now. That's when he sees a police officer inside. Uh, we have this guy who's trying to sell him some <laughs> trying to sell him some sunglasses, but eventually. Uh, Max goes to the back office. He sees Harland, and he asks Harland, uh, "Like, you know, what you got in the box?" Harland says, "Well, I have your head in this box." I start laughing a little bit, and then uh, Harland's like, "I see you've been a busy man." Um, he says, "Like, did uh, did uh, Bianca give you any trouble?" He's like, "You've been very useful for us." Um, But I'm going to need you to do a couple more things for us. So he eventually grabs a tape and he puts the tape in Max's belly, but it backfires because his hand, Harlan's hand now turns into a grenade. And he's realized he's been he can't control Max anymore. And eventually um, Harlan blows up. And then he's all like See you in Pittsburgh. So Mac now walks away, and now he's gonna go. He's gonna go to the convention that Barry is putting on to sell his new line of glasses. So, so they're there. They're they're doing like a show, big presentation, um, to show off um, his new uh, glasses, uh, his new like line of glasses. Malik. Right. and they're just trying to do like a a renaissance type of theme for it and it says like you know love comes in the eye it's also in the soul as well so that's like the tagline and and Barry's like oh yeah everybody here I know you you all know me here's what we're showing off and we're going to make this new line a a really successful one and Max is there and then he eventually just goes on stage and starts shooting that guy (laughs) it's just like (laughs) okay that was easy okay so, um, and of course, um you know, after he's done shooting the uh, shooting Barry, uh Max goes on saying like, you know, death to video drum, long live the new flesh, he says it really quick, and he just gets out of there, and then it's weird because like we see like um we see Barry, he's like melting, like is he like supposed to be like some sort of alien or something um I don't know, yeah, I'm not sure um, either it's.
2: Like it, it's hard for me, like this part of the movie gets, it's hard to tell what's reality and what's not at this point. Yeah. Um, and maybe none of this is reality. Like it's like this movie is really now. And as we go through the show, this movie is really hard to talk about. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to describe if you haven't seen it. Like I'm sure if you haven't seen this movie, none of it makes any, nothing we're saying makes any sense at all. But yeah, like, so by the end of this movie, there's, there is no reality or this is the new reality or he's in the reality that he's in now, or, whatever it's like so this is max's reality right there they're, he's the new flesh now yes whatever that is and they don't really explain that either
1: so now max he's he went to some harbor all right and yeah. this is when i found out the whole place is apparently took place in toronto
2: yeah well that's what i figured because that's where mm. uh cronenberg's from yeah a lot of most of his movies take place in toronto
1: i think so you know this is when he's hiding on some sort of boat how uh, he's just hanging out on this like bed and then eventually, mm-hmm. he looks at the. I guess there's a TV in this fucking boat randomly, right? And he sees Nikki on the TV. He's like, "Oh, I know. I eventually see you." And he's like, "Max, I'm here to. Uh, I'm here to guide you because you have now done everything you can to mm-hmm. try to stop uh, Video Drum in your current form." So she said, "Like, Video Drum is like this huge empire where like." You, know, you, you you killed like a p- small part of it but it's still it's still alive and you know kicking yes. so what I need you to do is i need you to get out of this flesh and explore uh, more more explore more like you know death is not the uh, death is not the uh, the end you know look at me yeah. I died and I'm here right now yeah so, this is not even
2: his final form
1: yes not his final he's kind of like Frieza. Exactly. You know what I mean? This is freezer number two form. He, has, he hasn't gotten to uh, the, the the final freezer form yet. Right. Okay. Exactly. So she's all saying, like, okay, you know, dying and getting rid of his flesh is easy. Okay. I'll show you what to do. Just watch this. So he watches the <laughs> film of him on his knees shooting himself. And then the TV blows up in organs. So he's like, oh, man, that was easy. Okay. Well, let me do it. And then he goes and sits on his knees. He says, long live the new flesh. And he shoots his brains out. Yep. And then the movie goes to black. it goes to black. So apparently there was like a, like an alternative ending that was like discussed where it was supposed to be after Max kills himself. He, he gets resurrected into the video drum layer, you know, with the like clay wall and everything. And that's when he goes and kisses Nikki and they're supposed to be all happy together. But apparently, right. like over time, like um, I guess Cronenberg he didn't really like that because I mm-hmm. guess one of his yeah. big things is he's that he doesn't believe in the afterlife, so he didn't want to portray that. So now it's it's kind of like some of whatever it's kind of like all up to our all up to us to figure out what happened afterwards.
2: So yes, I guess so. So how do you feel about alternate endings? By the way,
1: um, I like I like I like them. Um, there, there's some good alternate endings and there's some really bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the, <laughs> I think the worst one was like Halloween 6 Um, I, I could talk about that probably later on but that's uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on because <laughs> uh, that, that one didn't happen in the 80s that actually happened in the 90s but there was a very mm-hmm. funny al- alternative ending with that one and then you know sometimes like when you, you hear like just a different side of it like it just it's just fascinating you know what I mean like okay what could have been you know what I mean yeah yeah so.
2: Yeah, I always think they're really strange because to me, like writing a story, you, you know, you have a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, and you're trying to get to the end. But then like, like I just it's hard for me to imagine going to a movie, making a movie and then getting to the end and be like, well, this is this have a different end. Um, but, you know, I was thinking of the paranormal activity endings. I don't know if you've seen all those, but the one they use for the theaters, I think it's actually the worst of the, mo- of the endings that they could have picked. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, it
1: happens. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, so I think this movie ends perfectly with him killing himself. And then, I mean, we assume that he just killed himself, right? Or he's ascending to this next level, his final form or whatever, yes. so that he can fight Video And that was where the sequel is going to be with him in this new form, I guess.
1: I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would assume, like his, uh, like I said, it's going to be in his final form. Um, he's going to be battling the Video But it just, uh, I, obviously, we've got to see. What what all happens, which is not a whole lot,
2: (laughs) right? And this movie, like we mentioned, did terribly. Yeah. But he did also direct the Dead Zone the same year. Cronenberg did. Nice. So that actually probably saved his career because I think they spent like like um I get I think it was a huge hit. I don't know the numbers, Um, but he he made the Dead Zone the same year because a movie losing that much money. For a film company probably would have doomed him. Yeah. But then he he made the Dead Zone the same year, so that saved him. And then three years later he made The Fly, which is like his first major uh major
1: studio film. Yeah, exactly. But you know, over time, just like with a lot of films, this film actually became very uh demand. Like people like it, you know, it's very occult classic. And actually be- yeah. it it was actually um it was ranked on the top forty of one of the most important Important films of all time so the, so it's pretty uh, pretty the legacy of video drum is better than the and then the initial reaction towards it just like with a lot of films especially a lot of films we've been talking about this month the thing was like that they live was a little bit right. like that and now this movie yeah. was like that you know for over time when they're explored more when they're shown more they get a lot more recognition of how great they actually are Mm. So. And uh, apparently, this
2: movie wasn't released on home video until the late '90s. That's hard for me to believe because I would have sworn I saw it before then. I don't know, but the, but Maybe. seeing it on home video would be the only way I would have been able to see this movie. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting.
1: There you go. Well, everybody, that has been Videodrome here on the Retro Blood. Very fun review. Very very interesting movie. I like when we can kind of dive into different philosophies and theories behind the movie. Uh, so definitely pretty fun. This one is definitely a fun sci-fi uh, style of movie as well too. So uh, definitely fun on here. Um, but join us here next week as we explore the life force here oh, yes. on the Retro Blood. As we wind up or wind down the sci-fi month <laughs> wind up. As we wind down the sci-fi month here on the Retro Blood. And, of course, next week we'll tell you all about the Retroblood's Halloween plans, which is going to be a ton Ooh. of stuff coming out. Yeah. It's going to be cra- crazy crazy Halloween it's gonna be, month. It's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm. So speaking of crazy, we'll end, everybody, yeah. with some Satan jokers. This song is yeah. The Samurai because, you know, Hell yeah. you know, when you're late at night, you're in your room, you lock the doors, what are you going to watch? You're going to watch a fucking samurai geisha porn. Yep. Yeah, brother. All right, everybody. We will check you here next time on the Retro Blue. All right. See you guys.